0: Lord, we thank you that uh, in you we find wholeness, uh, we find healing, we find guidance. I thank you for uh, leaving us with your Holy Spirit, God, to lead us unto all truth uh, and help us to navigate anything that life throws at us, Lord. So we're listening into you this morning, Jesus. In your name we pray, Amen. So um, I'm going to share. Just a brief word that I believe the Lord put upon my heart. And then we're actually going to continue to lead into prayer this morning. I feel like that was something that we just need to, we need to give space to that. We need to pursue his presence in that way. Um, But I want to do a a brief teaching. You guys can kind of hang on the stage if that's cool. Um, And I'm going to start out of 1 Corinthians 11. And if you're taking notes, um, I'm going to throw out a few different scriptures here that you can, if you want, take a deeper look into. Um, late today or throughout this week. But we're going to start in 1 Corinthians, a couple of verses here. And now, these verses that we're going to share come out of 1 Corinthians 11, 27 to 29. And these verses are what follows, immediately follows, probably some of the most quoted verses in the scripture that are read every time we take communion together where it talks about how I pass on to you what I received the night he was betrayed, and he goes on, the body and the blood is our your covenant. Well, verse 27 of chapter 11 goes on to say this. This is kind of usually we stop right before we get to this point, but it's so important, and here's why. Verse 27, so then, Bella, can you grab my notes, please? Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Verse 28. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. And so, this is the part that isn't always as often quoted. And I think the emphasis this, for this morning is on that verse 29. So, let's read it one more time. Those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. The encouragement, the key, crucial component is discerning the body of Christ. Now, that's a multifaceted statement because it kind of points us in a lot of different directions. In in the particular text here, you have people that were coming together and basically ignoring one another and selfishly eating of the food and saying this is communion. Meanwhile, ignoring the brother and sister and they're going hungry. And he's saying, actually... You're saying that you're partaking in the body and blood of Christ, but you are doing it with a character and nature of selfishness in the world. So you're literally eating judgment upon yourself. But this discernment of the body is something that is multifaceted because one is the body and blood of Christ in His actual sacrifice, what He has done for us, and the price that He's paid, and also discerning the body in that symbolic body of Christ. That is us. We are the body. So we don't take communion and ignore the family of God because we are the body and we're meant to be aware and mindful of one another as we take communion together. We don't take communion, communion, community in isolation. That's not even communion. Part of communion is community and being aware of each other. But this idea of discerning the body that I think um, we're going to focus on this morning is discerning Christ and what he has done for us and his sacrifice and what that now means for us. Because when we truly discern the body of Christ, that involves a sober mindedness. When we're discerning the body of Christ, where we become aware of our condition and removed from The distractions that intoxicate our thinking and our attention. But when we discern the body of Christ, all these are the things that are just peripheral stuff. They're not central. They all melt away and we remember what is the most important thing. It is Christ and Christ crucified, raised again, and given us life. When we discern the body of Christ, this is what we're focusing on. When we discern the body of Christ, we're also looking at his example and that we are inspired to love selflessly in the same way that he did. Because we know what we have received, such a great gift in him, freely received it, now we turn and we want to live selflessly. We don't have to live for ourselves anymore. Jesus lived for us and now we can live for those around us as well. And here's the part I want to really hone in on this morning. When we discern the body of Christ, the sacrifice that he paid and the life that we have in him, this brings us to a place of true shalom, healing and wholeness. When we discern the body of Christ, we have that shalom. It transforms us even into a shalom presence on this earth as his spirit has come to live within us. And at the beginning of this year, we talked a little bit about this shalom idea. And I want to do just a quick little refresher. This idea of shalom is not just peace, but it's actual wholeness, restoration, and completeness. Here's an example from Exodus 21 Verse 36. It says, Or if it is known that the ox has been accustomed to gore in the past and its owner has not kept it in, he shall repay ox for ox and the dead beast shall be his. What in the world are we talking about? (laughs) We have two neighbors that both have an ox, and one of them, who's known to attack animals, goes and kills the other ox. The instruction here in the scripture is that he, the one whose animal killed, he shall go and repay ox for ox. Your animal killed his, now you owe him one. That word repay is shalom. So it literally says, he shall shalom ox for ox, repay ox for ox. So this idea of shalom is something that putting things back in order, making things whole. They were fine until someone was offended. There was an offense that took place, and so a shalom presence needed to happen. So if I have my Bible here and Anne came and, and, and stole it from me, now we're out of balance. That belongs to me, but she took it. I didn't give it to her. So there, this 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 balance is missing, and so in order for it to be replaced, the instruction here is, Anne must shalom me, a Bible for a Bible. She <laughs> must give it, give it back. And now things are in order according to the original design, according to how it was before. The wholeness was broken, and now it's restored by repayment, right? And now this brings us to the idea of our sin is what broke our shalom and wholeness. It removed us from our God. We were not made to live outside of him. So that was broken and cut off when we sinned. We, our shalom is gone. and That's how only through uh, Jesus' sacrifice it is restored. It is through a repayment, but not a payment that we were able to make. It was only a payment that Christ was able to pay. And in him, we are whole. And this is the amazing thing, though. In Christ we are made whole and that shalom is restored but it's so much more than even the original design that original relationship that we have with God now it goes even deeper than a relationship that Adam even had with God because now God has infused us with his Holy Spirit this shalom, this repayment that he made, it made us completely his and so now His shalom doesn't just stop with us. We become a vessel through which that shalom presence comes and invades this earth. One of the names of God in the Old Testament is Jehovah Shalom. This is who he is. And his shalom is so great that it lives beyond us. And I wanted to just give a quick little illustration of what this could look like. With this crude object lesson. The shalom is something where when it has been broken and all of us in one way or another have been offended, something has been taken from you either directly or indirectly, because here's the thing about sin. Even if you're not the one who did it, you get affected by other people's and also other people get affected by your sin. And so it makes this unholy mix of what we know as the world. And so here, God comes in, the redeemer, the one who wants to restore, restore shalom, saying, "I want to make things whole once again." He is such a great God that he is able to take a dark, broken world and enter into it and restore a healing presence. And this is the amazing thing about shalom: it is not only a state of being; I'm whole, because shalom can even be where in a in a place full of brokenness. It's a healing, whole, whole uh, presence in a space. That's what Jesus was. He encountered people on a daily basis full of brokenness and hurt. And he came into the space and he restored their hope. And this is how he works. See, when, when we're out of when when we're out of hope, when people living in brokenness, living in sin, it is like what was originally given to them from the beginning has been all is, is all gone, and there's nothing in our vessel. It's empty. Now it's out of balance. There's a payment that is needed. There's something that needs to be received in order to have that shalom. And so Christ, through his sacrifice, he comes and he fills us back up. And he makes us whole once again, except there's one different factor here. He doesn't just come and fill us up and say, okay, you're good to go. He actually says, now I'm going to make you a vessel, an agent of the kingdom of heaven by giving you my Holy Spirit. And by giving us that Holy Spirit, it is a constant pres- a presence that is overflowing in our lives. His shalom doesn't just fill up the cup. It continues to pour in on a regular basis. And this now is what the life of a Christian is intended to look like. A constant overflowing a constant shalom that doesn't run out as a matter of fact it overflows you so freely that those around you who have been wounded you are able to offer them a hope and a shalom that they can't find anywhere else you are the channel that the lord wants to usher in this hope and healing presence and it happens as we keep our vessel underneath the Holy Spirit. We're following in his guidance, and where we move, we stay under the poor. Stay under the pour, And it continues to overflow through us. This is how we become that yeast of the kingdom of heaven that's mixed into the whole batch of dough The whole thing is affected. Because we have become that presence. This is why when Jesus gave instructions in places like Matthew, I'll mention a couple of verses. When he says, uh, here's one, Matthew 5, starting in verse 40. If anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak too. Don't follow him to court and say, no, that's mine. Actually, I'm completely whole with everything I have. As a matter of fact, I have more than I need. You can have my coat as well as my hat. Do you need some shoes? The healing presence of God. Give to the one who begs from you and don't refuse the one who would borrow from you. You've heard it, that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. How in the world... Does that even make sense? Well, it makes sense because I have a source that has filled me up. I, my, my offense has all been paid for. So any any offense that you, if you offend me, God's filling me right back up. I can pour out freely because I know my source is never going to run out. And so if you want something from me, I know I'm not getting anything back and I don't need anything back from you because I'm constantly being poured into We're only able to follow the Lord's instructions if we remain in his spirit and have him continue to pour us up. In order for us to have shalom, we don't need to be repaid by people around us. It's Christ who repays that, and we're able to continue that shalom. One more verse I want to read out of Matthew 25. Uh, Matthew 25, 31 to 40. Now You guys have read this one many times. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, this is Jesus teaching, and all the angels come with him, he'll sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Verse 37, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when? When did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Each of these scenarios that the king mentions, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. When I was a stranger, you invited me in. When I, when I didn't have clothes, you clothed me. Each of these scenarios describe someone who is out of shalom. There's a brokenness. There's something missing. They want me to be hungry without food. But yet this person came in and offered the food. They weren't made to be strangers without any fellowship or community. And this person came in and offered them relationship. They weren't made to be walking around without proper clothing. And they couldn't find it themselves until this person came in and offered it to them. What this is a picture of is the shalom presence of the people of God. This is who we are. When the Spirit of God lives in us and we live by the Spirit. Because there's a place where it says in Galatians that since you are people of the Spirit, stay in step with the Spirit. It is possible to be a people of God that don't stay in step with the Spirit and refuse to yield when He prompts us. It is possible to see somebody hungry and say, um, I, I gotta go, I don't have time to deal with this. And not follow The prompting. It is possible to see someone who is sick and rather than care for them and nurture them, say, oh, uh, somebody else can take care of that. It is possible to have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us but not allow him to direct our steps. He shows us the step to take but we have to move our feet. And as we move our feet, this is how this is how we build the kingdom of heaven on earth and bring shalom here, that shalom. The shalom of Christ is not something that has kept just to ourselves. That's too small a thing. The shalom of Christ is ever expanding, leading until the, his very return and the perfection and redemption of all things. This is how he works. And so in this scenario of Matthew 25, every single one of these circumstances there is a need present, there's a brokenness, there's a misalignment. And that person of God stepped in and got involved rather than passively let the moment pass and then just
1: say sorry later, ask for forgiveness later. Got, he got involved
0: in every situation. It says in Ephesians 5, 1, follow God's example Walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. This is our instruction as a people of God. In order to follow him, we can't serve ourselves and him. We can't serve our own desires and his. Following his example means following the way of love and giving up even ourselves to those in need so that they can have a taste and experience of what it's like to be a member of the kingdom of heaven. Every need met. Every need met. And sometimes when you're, we're seeing a need, we look at a need and say, "That's I don't have that ability. That's beyond my capacity. I cannot fix that person's situation. And here's where you can just take the pressure off a little bit. You don't need to be the savior and fix some person's whole situation there could be a desperate need and you just come in and you just pat them on the back and say how can I how can I pray for you how can I bless you you we are only asked to do the little that we can do I was talking to some friends last week and they had a vision to serve to reach a community and they wanted to start um, a food program and they wanted to start a church and this is out in western Massachusetts and they said we don't have We don't have the ability to do this, we don't have the resources. But you know what they said? This is going back about 13 years ago. We have trash bags. And so they have this vision to start a church and a feeding program and clothes and all this stuff and they're like, all I have is a few trash bags. So they took the trash bag and they started just walking the streets every week and just picking up and cleaning the streets. They just gave what they had And that little expression of the shalom presence of God began to snowball, began to get bigger. The Lord introduced them to different folks and brought them to a place until they were given a building, until they were given, a few weeks ago, a bus, and now they have a bus program, until they have two trucks and have a mobile food pantry. And it started with a trash bag. The shalom presence. Sometimes we look at a need and we say, "I can't meet that, we get way ahead of ourselves. I do not have the capacity where the Lord's just saying, "Can you just extend a hand? Can you just give him you know what you what you have on you and I'll take it from there. This is how we move in the power of God, not by doing things that we can't do, just by doing what we can do and letting God take over because that's the place where he will shock us and surprise us, things that we never expected like i I, I have a trash bag. And here a decade later, now we've got a whole historic church building and vans and buses and people are being, the needs are being met. Because you put the trash bag to use. It didn't stay a trash bag. It became a whole ministry that's changing a community. He's only asking the simple things. And it's only by keeping our eyes fixed upon Jesus and discerning the body of Christ, letting that be our inspiration, focusing on the body of Christ above and before all things. This is how he can accomplish his will and purpose through your life and through us as the people of God. And so what I want to do is I just want to take a couple minutes in the realm of discerning the body of christ and i want us to get in groups of three or four and i want to uh, just share with uh, one another a need you're facing or something that's going on that can be you need prayer for and let's take some time to be in prayer together we're going to do that for 10 minutes or so and then we'll come and share communion together
1: before we do that <clears throat> i know you asked if the dad had word. yeah should i do message there was a word that, there's three words that were put on my heart that I'm really going to share. Oh yeah, please. Here, Here. the three words are retune detynthetized and get up. Retuned, realigned, desensitized. Elijah, Mm -hmm. your guitar. How many times do you have to retune it? Multiple times a day. How come? Just by moving around. Just by moving around, just by the elements, right? How about us? We're engaged in so many things in our lives. Retuning, right? Retuning to what? What Jesus says, realign. Right, we get off of what we know to do because of what's happening around us. We're afraid, right? Desensitized to the truth of what Jesus is saying to us. We're saying, "What you, what you're telling us, I'm not sure it's true anymore because I'm not seeing it, right." And then as you were given your message and you went to Matthew 5, I'm going to just read five blessings that Jesus says. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger, and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of god blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Saints, praise and rejoice in our Lord. Don't forget that he is with you. And he goes before you. Praise be God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that, Manny. Uh, so let's do this, family.
0: Um, grab, grab a few folks next to you. Let's spend a few minutes in prayer. Share Just kind of share something that you're comfortable sharing for, for prayer. How can we be praying for each other? And then we'll come back and say, uh, take communion together.